Hi, welcome to the Library Variety Show. I'm Alex Giorgio. And I'm Deb Miner. And it's nice to be with you again. Uh, we did not have a new show Yeah, we kind last of uh, week. missed a week. Yes. Due to the holiday and, and I was recording sick. challenges. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Those things happen. Yeah. So, so let's start with a check-in. goes on. Yes. How have you been? Me? I've been, been well. I've, as well as one can be in these turbulent times that we live in. Yeah. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you reading, watching, doing? Um, I just finished reading a book called One's Company by Ashley Hudson, uh, which is a very interesting book about a woman who is obsessed with the old sitcom from the late 70s, uh, Three's Company. Um, It starts out as what I think is going to be a humorous read, but it turns very dark quickly. Um, she's uh, Bonnie. She's a young woman, probably in her 20s. She wins a big lottery. And to escape her current living situation, she uses her money to buy this uh, mansion in the mountains that she renovates into a replica of the set of Three's Company including the little town that they work in. So like the, the Regal Beagle and... Everything. Everything is replicated. Jack's Jack, Restaurant. Jack's Restaurant. Oy, this sounds incredible. Um, the garden shop that Janet works in. Um, everything. The bus. I mean, whatever you can imagine. The Rupert's. I mean, everything. I learned more about Three's Company. <laughs> I mean, I kind of just told you. <laughs> I remember from the TV show. But um, but anyway, then you find out, you know, where her headspace is. Because she's the narrator through the whole book. And you really are inside her head a lot. And so you realize that she has suffered this traumatic experience. And you learn... You know, it's a lot about trauma and mental illness and how one copes with bad things happening to them. Hmm, that's so really interesting. It's it's interesting. This was a debut novel. Um, it's well written. It's very interesting, but it's not what you expect. There's a lot of twists and turns. She. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to say too much because. Can you tell me if she's uh, Team Chrissy or Team Terry? <laughs> you know what? She didn't really. For for those listening, uh, Chrissy was Suzanne Summers, and Terry was Priscilla Barnes, the nurse that replaced Suzanne Summers. Well, she does, and then this is the really quirky thing about <laughs> the whole book is quirky. So I don't know why I'm pointing out this, but she. She spends a year playing each character. So she's Janet. Oh, wow. She's Chrissy. She's Jack. She's Mr. Rupert. And there's live animals that 
are also a part of it because they had a puppy at one time. Wait, is she Roper or is she Furley? She's Roper. Um, but it's yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. It's it's a bit disturbing. I mean, I I don't know whether it's one of those books that, while I found it really interesting and compelling and. I also, it's one of those books like you can't recommend it to many people because it's kind of dark and it's kind of painful and it's kind of, um, yeah, it, it's not, it's, but it's a lot about trauma. trauma so if you had to live as a Three's Company character for a year, who would you be? <laughs> Probably Jack. <laughs> I would be Mrs. Roper. It would be Mrs. Roper. <laughs> yes. That's interesting. Um, no, I, I don't know the dog. Um, yeah, it is really interesting. Did she mention the spinoffs, the Ropers and Three's a Crowd? She, she did mention it, but she never got that far. Wow. Um, she did. She was like, okay, what would happen if I ran out, you know? And there's, and then there's moments throughout this whole, you know, when she's doing these transitional periods of becoming one character, you know, from one character to the other, she also has like her dark days where she's just herself and she kind of spirals. <laughs> so it. It is so interesting. But she refers to, so she hires this team of people to make this thing happen. I mean, she's got a ton of money. She's like the lone winner in this huge lottery. So she has millions and millions of dollars. So she hires all these people to make this thing happen. Wow. You know, contractors, designers. She has the um, newspapers digitized. So it's the exact replica of the newspaper, the LA Times in the late 70s. And she has this thing that, you know, swings the newspaper onto the porch. <laughs> and so, and she has people who, you know, keeps her stocked in food, but they can't have any contact with her. She has these really strict rules. She has a lawyer that, you know, takes care of all her money, finances, and Not all heroes wear capes. Oh, God. But it is, it is so... Yeah, it's just one of those books. But I wanted to finish it because I'm like, I want to see what happens to this woman. Um, I want to read this. I also want them to make a movie or TV series so I can see, like, the set and everything. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty amazing. I mean, it's down to the detail of everything. I mean, so, you know, Apartment 201 and then Apartment 205 and 20-whatever. So it's, it's, it is... It was very interesting, but I just finished it this morning, actually. Huh. And I'm still reading Remarkably Bright Creatures, um, which is getting better. It's one of those books that I just, I, I've had it, I want to read it. It's gotten a lot of good, you know, um, a lot of good reviews and people are recommending it. So I will finish it. It's just... It's just on my nightstand because I'm still reading all those other books as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's what I've been reading. Yeah. Huh. Watching anything interesting? <laughs> I just finished the um, series Bear on Hulu. Hmm. 
It's about, um, it stars the same guy, um, Jeremy Ellen White, who played Philip Gallagher on Shameless. He's the main character. Did you watch Shameless? I did not. He's like the older brother on Shameless. I've been told I would like it, but I've not yeah, watched it. Yeah, it's 11 seasons, so I think I am. Oh, well. I think I made it through the first two seasons. Are they like short seasons, though? Because well, it's showtime, like, right? Yeah, it's showtime. Yeah. So I think it ended in 2011, maybe? Or wait. I'm not I think sure. it ended. I don't know. Maybe. I can't remember. The one, one of the little girl in it, she's not a little girl anymore, but she plays Darlene's daughter on the Connors. Oh, yeah. There's quite a few kids, but it's like their their dad's a drunk, and they end up, you know, raising themselves and all these. It was just too chaotic for me to watch, but. And now I'm kind of interested in it again, and I kind of want to go back and watch it. Huh. Because that's what. But anyway, this is about a, a young young man. Comes, he a uh, uh, trained chef. He's worked in some of the best restaurants. His, fa- his brother dies and leaves this other, this restaurant in Chicago to him. It takes place in Chicago, which is actually where Shameless took place as well. Um, but it's really interesting. It's kind of the backstory of you know what goes on in a kitchen. It's very tense, intense, and um, yeah, it, it's good. It's very good. Um, each episode is probably only like thirty to forty minutes. It's on Hulu, and I think it's just going to be a one season thing. Hmm. Because it ended last, I watched the last episode last night, and I'm like, I don't think it's going to go any further. But it is really interesting. I mean, it's very, very interesting, the the competitive, um, you know, of doing your best and making the best food and experimentation. It's really, it's interesting. It's very interesting, but it's very intense. Lots of language, so if you're opposed to language, um, but it's it's very chaotic. <laughs> it's very very intense. So, but it's good. It's it's well worth watching if you're interested in you know. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm not explaining myself very well today. It's funny. Um, um. Do you have anything else? No, I was no, I was just going to. I can elaborate, but I will not. So go ahead. It's your turn. Oh, so. What are you doing? Like I said, I have been sick. I know. Which is so, why we didn't record. Yes. Um, and between being sick and school and reading these one book mm-hmm. books, mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had a lot of time to read, but I did finish a really big project. And it's funny that you mention shows that are a lot of seasons and uh, someone being so into a show, it's, quote, disturbing, because (laughs) I finished all uh, 425 episodes of the new Degrassi. So, um, now, Degrassi, if you're not familiar with it, Canadian uh, teenage drama uh, started in the 80s with Kids of Degrassi Street, then they did Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High. 
Um, so I did not rewatch those ones. Oh, okay. So you just did. You I went watched to the. the go ahead. The the new ones. So in two thousand one, they they did a comeback. Okay. In the original, one of the the um, characters is a teenage mother. Mm-hmm. So by two thousand one, her uh, baby is grown and ready to enter middle school. So this it starts and uh, it lasted fourteen seasons. And then they did uh, four more seasons after that on Netflix, Degrassi, The Next Class. Wow. Uh, but those are 10 episodes each, and it was more like just one long extra season. Right. Um, so it's Degrassi, The Next Generation, through season nine, and then 10 through 14, just Degrassi. Uh, but I finished all of them. So how do you feel when you finish a finish a series like that sad you feel sad yes do you feel a, a sense of accomplishment i do <laughs> i do so i i had seen i'd seen a lot of them because i watched it in its first run uh but then i stopped at some point um so like the later ones i were new to me but yeah i did i enjoyed revisiting <laughs> all of them uh it's serious, but it's also like kind of ludicrous. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. So is it like a cultural study for you too? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it is a you know it's a time period. And, yeah. Yeah, and it's coming back next year on HBO. Wow, as a new series. A new Degrassi. They've wow. not announced a lot about it yet. Um, but did you know this was happening? Yes, okay. I did. So was this part of your? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, but two of the writers that wrote a couple episodes of Next Generation are rebooting it. Okay. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. So, maybe I'm insane, but I really enjoyed that. I also, while I was sick, watched an oh so all those degrad the. Grassy and Degrassi, The Next Generation, are on HBO Max, and the Degrassi, The Next Class is on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix, okay. Um, so I watched a new movie on Paramount Plus, Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe, um, the new <laughs> Beavis and Butthead movie, uh, created by Mike Judd, uh, where we learn what Beavis and Butthead have been up to since 1998. Wow, and what have they been up to? Oh, well, they go to outer space. <laughs> wow, that's way. a start. They're right. multiverses, and uh, they go to prison. Like Jam? <laughs> um, it, I laughed from the beginning <laughs> until the end, and I started sounding like them at the end, like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I and I I like the original, so uh, yeah, it was very true to that. Uh, and because of the multiverse stuff, they like jump forward into our time and are kind of like exploring our technology and that oh, kind of stuff. So where are they coming from? A uh, space, oh, a black okay. hole they in are, space. How did they get into space? Well, because they do the universe. <laughs> it's in the title. Um, they. Uh, they they accidentally blow up their school and they're punished to uh, be sent to space camp. 
<laughs> Through a series of incidents, they end up in space. Wow. Wow, that just um, that sounds fascinating. As one does. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So that was my recovery, finishing Degrassi. Yeah, see, I'm thinking that this was probably the whole process of your illness and then, yes, recovery. And yeah. Now you're back. Now I'm back. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, don't, I have not really been watching other anything other than just that. What did I watch? Yeah, I think that's it. I've watched a couple random movies, but nothing really to to talk about. Well, you have 425 episodes of Degrassi you can watch. <laughs> I don't know whether I want to tackle that. I, I feel like I really like series and I like to get, you know, into something. Um, and I kind of think about, I, Shameless appeals to me on many levels, but um, I have to think about that one. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's a little... <laughs> A little dysfunctional, so. Well. But that's okay. So we did something exciting on the 4th of July. We certainly did. We went to see the new movie, Elvis. Elvis. Yes, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Baz Luhrmann's Elvis with Austin Butler as Elvis. and He was amazing. Oh, amazing. He was Elvis. Uh, And Tom Hanks. And uh, do you want to tell us what you thought about it? Um, I, visually, it was just beautiful and stunning. I like how Baz Luhrmann always uses this sort of carnival effect. It was it was similar to Moulin Rouge, where yeah, you know the um, the what is it? Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel. <laughs> Ferris wheel and you know the fun house um, kind of illusions and um, so I really thought that was interesting. Um, Colonel Parker, who ends up being um, Elvis's manager, um, was a carny at one time. So you kind of have this kind of in the backdrop of you know the carnival is you know. Um, it certainly has his goes to show his mindset in yes. creating Elvis. Creating Elvis. Um, so it's very interesting. He was also a promoter at that time. I think Hank, St- Hank Snow was one of his first um, music artists that he promoted. He was a country and western um, star. But he saw Elvis Presley as kind of a meal ticket that would... Um, would shoot him to the top. Yeah. Um, And I think he also viewed him as kind of an oddity. I mean, I kind of got that impression, you know, when he was like the freak shows and things like that in carnivals. I think he also saw him as someone similar to that. Well, he certainly treated him like property in the way that uh, people were exploited that were a part of that world at that that time but he was an oddity I mean he you know kind of uh, his background was I mean Elvis you know he was definitely influenced by some of the black artists during the 50s Um, he grew up um, in Memphis so um, that was kind of his 
the music that he listened to was a lot of blues, um, gospel. Um, so it was kind of an oddity, I think, too, at that time. Yeah. Being a white uh, male and... Um, sort of a fusion of mu- music and also played around with gender. Right. Yeah, he definitely did. I did not realize that. Wearing makeup wearing and makeup. wearing pink. Yeah, he was definitely his own. Yeah, he definitely was quite unique. Um, but it was just beautiful. I mean, the music was wonderful. I mean, his music and then, you know, there was other artists too. Um, but the, um, yeah, visually it was just really beautiful. And he really became Elvis. Um, he even did do some of the singing, um, the actor. Um, in the early the early recordings yeah um, I did go back and do some fact checking though because there were some images like the lightning bolt around his neck um, I don't know if you remember there was this lightning bolt image in the movie no okay so that was kind of put in there by Baz Luhrmann but he really was inspired by Captain Marvel which is why he some of his costumes had capes and things like oh, that. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and his his haircut was modeled after Captain Marvel and things like that. So, oh, wow. so that really truly was his hero because he does bring that up. Um, what else was there? Something else that I fact checked. Um, he did have a pink Cadillac that was. Um, something else yeah I mean there's a lot yeah it it was just beautiful I mean I really really enjoyed it I'm not I'm not so sure how I felt about Tom Hanks though I yeah (laughs) that's the only thing I don't know or even that character I mean I think it was an important part to bring up but it's an odd choice. So the film is told from the perspective of of Colonel Parker. Colonel Parker, yeah, which is an odd choice. Right. Uh, I felt like Tom Hanks was almost playing a Saturday Night Live character. It was a little over the top. And the other ones were all playing for realism. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, he was kind of bigger and bigger than life. And maybe that's that was who he was, too. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that would be my only... But visually, it was it was beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And there are parts that it felt like we were at a live performance yeah. when the crowd was screaming. Yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah. to oh, scream. Yeah, the energy was amazing. Uh, oh my God, it was so amazing. Yeah, it, it yeah. was like... Yeah. I just wanted to scream out... Uh, but I loved the visuals. I loved um, when he was in the tent of the revival and then how that carried through. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, and it was, it was sort of a tender and sad story too. I mean, there was a lot of emotion in it. Well, it's almost operatic. Yeah. Uh, The rise and fall of a king. Yeah. Uh, And that's a, theme that carries through Baz Luhrmann's movies. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and Austin Butler, just... 
he was amazing. phenomenal. I want him to marry me. Yeah, <laughs> I um, can understand because yeah, he's beautiful. He just yeah, it was just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great. It's and it's funny that you mentioned Carnival because there was a sideshow going on next to me <laughs> during <laughs> the movie. <laughs> so I broke out into a laughing fit in in the middle of the kept, movie. I just kept thinking, oh man, you really took one for the team. I could not mm. control myself. It was like a serious, I can't yeah, remember I, what part it was, but it was serious, and I just could not stop when laughing. When she walked in, I knew she was going to be trouble. So, the, for everybody listening, the person sitting next to me was a lot. Um, there was a lot going on. Uh, anytime something happened in the movie, like Elvis gets arrested, she'd say to the people with her, oh, he got arrested. <laughs> uh, but she also <laughs> had this big bag of popcorn. Okay, normal. Um, but <laughs> what wasn't normal was that she also had this humongous purse and she kept the popcorn in the purse. It wasn't popcorn she snuck in. It was popcorn she bought at the theater. And for each bite, she would unzip her purse, take the bag out, eat some of the popcorn, <laughs> roll the bag back up, move everything around in her purse, which it, there was a lot in there, um, there squeeze the bag in, zip it up, and then not two minutes later, repeat the process to have some more she popcorn. so noisy. <laughs> so noisy. <laughs> there really weren't that many people in the theater either, but she was very noisy. And uh, at one point, just, it got so ridiculous, I just couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I understand. (laughs) But yeah, it was was very good. And it made me want to go back and just watch his movies. Someone I was, Jesse, was talking about watching uh, one of his older movies, Speedway. It was actually made in 1968. with Nancy Sinatra was in it. And, oh, wow. Yeah, but I, and now I want to go back and watch some of his movies. I mean, it's been a long time since I've watched some of the Elvis movies. But I've never seen an Elvis movie. Haven't you? No, oh, but I've so seen all the Elvis episodes of Designing Women, Yeah, <laughs> of which there are a few. Really, you know, he was no great actor, but they're really entertaining, especially the ones where he does sing, you know, and um, they're very entertaining. Yeah. They are. And now I just, yeah. I mean, I like Cry Baby, which is inspired by the Elvis movies. Right, right. So, yeah, all very interesting. But, um, yeah, so now I want to go back. And you've been to Graceland, yes. I have been to Graceland, and that was pretty amazing as well. Yeah. When'd you go? Um, I'm trying to think. It was the same year, same month that Kurt Cobain died. So, whatever year that would have been, I mean, it was like was that like ninety four or five? No, it was it was no, it was early nineties. I would say early nineties is when we went. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always wanted to go when I was little. Nineties, like ninety three, ninety two, ninety three. Um, it's not, you know, the interesting thing is I kept thinking it was like this huge mansion and it's like, it's large, but it's not as big as you think it's going to be. 
Um, and the, the one scene where they're at the stairway when Priscilla is leading him, that really is the stairway. I mean, it's, and you couldn't go up there because that was their, you know, their bedrooms and things like that. Where, um, so that was one of part of the house that was restricted. But everything else, all of his other rooms and things like that, it was pretty fascinating. Um, but then you also, you know, overhear conversations of people who, you know, really think Elvis is still alive and just, just funny things like that. We stayed at a hotel that played um, Elvis songs, you know, 24-7. Was it the Heartbreak Hotel? No, I don't think it was. I don't really remember what it was. I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, so that was really interesting. The whole, yeah, the whole trip was just pretty memorable and pretty fun. Um, we spent a couple of days in Memphis, walking around, went to the Drake, went to B.B. King's um, bar. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. It really was. It was a lot of fun. And there's all these, like, people write notes all over on the wall to Graceland and... You know, you see handwritten notes all over the place. Um, yeah, there were some people that were diehard fans. Um, wow. But his last concert was in Indianapolis in 77, and I remember that. Because um, my cousin, who was also with us, um, you know, she's she's much more of a fan than I ever was at that point in time. But I've, I've grown to really appreciate him and his music and his part in culture over the years and yeah it's just kind of interesting when i was little i really liked elvis yeah i had an elvis look and vine book like a where's waldo time that's what you said that's pretty amazing i'm gonna have to look for that and i had elvis cassettes and all that and then i kind of lost interest and yeah but now yeah he's very iconic i mean it's yeah, he's definitely a big part of our, you know, music history. So, um, yeah, it was very cool. So Now, something in the movie that I really liked is they showed other historical music figures. Yes. They showed yes. Big Mama Thornton and Little right. Richard. Little Richard. And I've I decided. And B.B. King. I want a Little Richard movie. Yeah. Now, I know there's a TV movie, <laughs> but I want Baz Luhrmann to, to do, do a, a Little, Little Richard, Richard movie oh because I that would be love so Little Richard. Yeah. I read his book, his authorized biography, yeah. that was essentially just a long interview with him. Oh, interesting. And he says some scandalous stuff in it. Uh and I read it right before he died. Oh, um, but yeah, I love Little Richard, and yeah, I would love to quite see a character. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, on the big screen because he was a big influence on Elvis and the Beatles. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Uh, and the Beatles opened for him in London. Wow, wow, yeah, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, it, it, I want to see it again. Yeah, just because. It was just a fun, yeah, it was a fun ride. But I, I, yeah, I, the, yeah, Tom Hanks, I'm not so sure. Not that he, not that he, you know, his acting was Now, do you feel that it bad, would have been different if he, the actor playing the colonel wasn't as iconic as Tom Hanks? Maybe. 
because I felt like I was watching Tom Hanks right. in a costume. Right, right. Maybe, yeah, maybe that was a big part of it. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe he was portrayed to be that way. I don't know. I don't know. I have to think about that. But maybe so. Yeah. But, yeah, what a transformation. God. Boy, yeah. Lots of prosthetics. <laughs> Lots of prosthetics. And they didn't use, seem to use prosthetics on uh, Austin Butler until the very end. Until the very end. And I feel like he made more transformations during that period of time. I mean, his face did not really change until the very end when he was, you know, like close to his death. Um, but, um, yeah, but he was he was definitely on a lot of drugs, and I think a lot of drugs from for a long time. Yeah, I felt like it was, a, and I know that his family was involved in some capacity with this movie. And I feel like parts of it were kind of sanitized. Like, well, yeah, the amount apparently of drugs. Well, yeah, because apparently he would travel with three, three suitcases full of drugs. Right. And like, the, everywhere he went. The women, like, they didn't mention anything about Anne Margaret, who no. he starred in movies with and had an affair with. No. Uh, they kind of downplayed that. They downplayed that quite a bit. There was mention to it. Um, but no, they de they definitely downplayed that part of it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, in some parts, you know, act were you know never happened. Like the Christmas show, never really that wasn't as it appeared, or that trip to Hollywood. That was all. <laughs> that was kind of made up. So it's kind of interesting. Wait, so there was no Christmas show? No, there was not. He made a comeback. I mean, I think there was. What? But <laughs> what? There was something about it. Um, God, what did I read? Oh. That was like my favorite part. No, I mean, he, he made a comeback, but I don't think it necessarily, like the Christmas show, I don't think that was that big of a deal. Well, so I was wondering, though, so this scene, he's shooting a Christmas show that's supposed to be like a traditional Christmas show, mm -hmm. and he's doing all this like avant-garde stuff. Right. So I wonder, I was wondering, like, did they shoot that and not air it? Like, was that not part of the Christmas special? Or was is this just totally made up? See, I think I think that whole part was made up, honestly. <sighs> I don't. Man, I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. I'm gonna have to investigate this. I know. I feel like I need to do a lot more um, reading. I thought I put that. Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's worth seeing. It's, it is it is pretty long, um, but it doesn't feel like it's that long. No, it moves really quick. It does move really quickly. I think just because of the music and the visuals are so involved. And there's enough material. They could have done a whole nother movie, like a whole second movie. Right. 
uh, but they managed to fit in enough of his life that it... Right, because he really did. He was drafted, though. He didn't enlist. Yeah. He was actually drafted, and he was there for two years. Um, and he did indeed meet Priscilla at that point in time. She was 14, and he was um, 24. That was the other sanitized <laughs> so thing. So that was... They left that, out that the woman did. he married I mean, was, she 14. was 14. I mean, and she... He, I think she ended up moving in with him when he, she was 16. So, and I think she finished high school, but they married when she was 21, and he would have been 31 then. I saw pictures of her with Austin Butler at the Met Gala recently. Yeah. She looks good. She looks really good. She's well-preserved. Yeah. For sure. That's a, a good way of putting it. Yeah, very well preserved because she's got to be at least in her 70s now. Yeah, I would think. At least. Yeah. And her granddaughter is an actress, Riley Keough. Oh, okay. I did not know that. It's in the film Zola. Oh. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, it's all very interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably all we have for you this week. That was a lot. Yeah. Between Three's Company, Degrassi, and Elvis, <laughs> we've had quite the week. I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. sure. So, um. All right. Well, until next time, uh, I'm Alex Giorgio. And I'm Deb Miner. And take care. Yeah. See ya. The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and or guests and are constantly evolving. They do not reflect the views of the St. Joseph County Public Library, its board of directors, or its administration.